Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network. Wherever you are, this is The Breakfast Show. Positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Martin, how's it going, Lyle? Going great, Martin. How are you? Yeah, good as gold. Good as Fantastic. gold. Fantastic. What are you thankful for this morning? I'm super grateful for Monday nights. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I love them. So what's a, what's amazing about Monday nights? I'm doing I my thought, painting course, my art course. Oh, yeah. I'm an artist, Lyle. Right, I'm an, an artist, artist now. Yeah, yeah. I got, to paint, uh, paint, I got to paint a mountainscape yesterday. We're learning about tone and shade. Right. So if you have like a blob of blue and you add a blob of white, that's getting a tone of it. And if you add a blob of black to the blob of blue, you're getting a shade of it. And it's funny between three colors, it's called monochromatic painting. Mm. Between three colors, you can create like an endless number of colors. Yeah, all colors come from three colors, basically. No, but I'm saying from from like black, white, and one color. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, just black, white, and like either red or blue or something like that. Last night we we tried all orange. colors come from four colors. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So what we did was we got orange, black, and white, and then we had to mix a little bit here and there, and then we had to create like a, a grid with as many different colors as we could create from those three. It was just insane. You cannot believe the colors. I mean, orange. A lot of them do end up looking like baby poo because I don't really like orange. But then I did it with blue, and I got to paint a mountainscape. It was really, really, really fun. And somehow Table Mountain ended up just coming out and. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't supposed to be any particular mountain, but I ended up with Table Mountain because I love that thing. It's so pretty. Anyway, what are you grateful for? I'm grateful for my wife. I knew it. How did you know that? Because it's her birthday. Why wouldn't you be grateful yeah, for her today? Turn 21 again. <laughs> Happy birthday, I, producer I Shell. Have a, I have a young wife. It's her 21st birthday for the... She is amazing. I don't know how many times, but let's not count them. <laughs> All right. Well, hang on. What did you give her for her birthday? Huh? What did you give her for her birthday? Nothing. Lyle South. <laughs> no, the boys and I are taking her out to an Italian restaurant this evening, a fancy restaurant. So, oh, yeah. fancy, fancy. Looking forward to that. Well, that's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Are there any fancy Italian restaurants in Newcastle? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, okay. I stand corrected. Anyway, great show coming up for you today. This is a reminder. You are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the TuneIn radio app. Do you get frost on your car window this morning, Lyle? No, not even close. I, used to, I had to pull over because I had zero visibility. No, and that was after pouring my drink on it. Didn't even have moisture. Unbelievable. One, two, three. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. 
Welcome back, everybody. That was Chelsea Moon with Nothing But The Blood of Jesus. You're listening to Faith FM. We are about to kick off the clue for the quiz for the day. What do you got for us, Mon? What creature am I? Ooh, a critter quiz. Mm-hmm. been a while since we've had a critter quiz. Yeah, quiz. indeed, indeed. Clue number one. The woman who gave birth to the... Hang on a second. Let me just make sure this is actually the hardest clue on here. You just like being Yeah, I'm just trying I'm just trying I'm trying to trick you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Now I think it might be the hardest. The, the, I think you're gonna get this on the first one, Lyle. The woman who gave birth to the male child in Revelation was swept away by a river of water spewed out of the mouth of this creature. No idea. Are you d- excellent. <laughs> no, of course e- I know what that oh. one is. Revelation. Come yeah, on. I was, just, I was just about to say, <laughs> you know dude, I know that dude one. it's Revelation. It's your like bread and butter. How do you not know this? <laughs> Uh, no, actually, you're wrong, Lyle. Uh, you've written down. Ah! Yes. <laughs> I wrote yes. down the wrong word. <laughs> I'm actually not wrong, but I did write down the wrong word. You are wrong. Give us a call if you know the answer. 1 800 Faith FM, 1 800 324 843, or you can text 0491 Correct answer will win a prize this morning if you can tell me what animal that is. And there's still double prizes. Yeah. Because I wrote down the, uh-huh, uh-huh. the wrong and then, uh, no, for the particular verse, yeah, yeah, for that particular verse. I almost just gave away another clue, but I'm not going to do that. Anyway, Lyle, yes, I got some cool news stories for okay. you. This is, re- oh, excuse me, this is really really cute. So this just happened uh, um, over the weekend. A little Canadian boy uh, became trapped in a deep hole, and um, he's only two years old. So Ooh, the, what kind the of youngster. hole? Uh, I don't know what kind of hole it was, but apparently he was trapped basically up to his neck. Okay, and um, and this was in the. Uh, Cortland Barrington Moss. Uh, oh no, so that, that, that's his name. Uh, he he went missing in Aranoid, Alberta, mm-hmm. and um, over four hundred people were recruited for the search. You know, all the all the town people. Oh, he was out. lost as well as um, yeah, stuck in a hole. yeah, yeah, lost and, and stuck and missing. They found him in a hole. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, so volunteers and family members uh, just helped out. Emergency crews. A search plane was out. Um, they searched all throughout the night. Um, they thought that you know there's no way they're going to find him. Um, after 12 hours of searching, guess how they found him? They followed the sound of his giggling. Giggling? <laughs> it was giggling. So the, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, you know, the... The, yep, the, the Mounties. The, yeah, the Mounties, you know, the little red jackets and their um, black pants and they're on their horses with those big hats. Uh, so apparently he could... They still do that thing, do they? Yeah. I mean, I don't think they do it for official I mean, these purposes. guys are an elite police force. So. Yeah, yeah. I think when they're out on duty, they probably have something a bit more special, yeah, yeah. Uh, a bit more uh, appropriate on. But when they do like their little, you know, parade, Dress, they're, parade they're, they're dressed uniforms. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, but the little boy, he could see them um, from, from where he was in the forest. And so he started giggling and they, and they heard his giggling. Um, and they heard him laughing at the side of their horses. And, uh, and they, so they followed the noise of the giggle through the woods and they actually managed to, to rescue him. And apparently he was in almost perfect condition, just sunburnt and a little bit scratched. Good thing it was this time of year. Canada's not so oh, yeah. uh, forgiving forgiving uh, yeah. during the winter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good thing it was uh, August. But yeah, so good news, a uh, little two-year-old boy was found. Yeah, That's, that's pretty cool. I-, I wonder whether I'd have it in me to be giggling after spending a night in a hole. Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> Probably the opposite of giggling. Well, it does a little bit of like that nature of a two-year-old. Uh-huh, yeah, you're uh-huh. stuck in a hole, but you see something funny, you still got to have a giggle. <laughs> <laughs> a little lesson on life there. <laughs> We're all stuck down here on maybe Earth. Maybe he was just super glad that he was about to be found. Yeah. and Maybe he's just one of those kids who loves horses. <laughs> Heaven knows I was not one of them. Lyle, another cool thing. And this is one thing that mystified me when I was younger, and to some extent still does. 
clearly I don't understand the science enough. But you know how they're, they're always talking about how there's a shortage of water. There's no water. We're all going to die of thirst. And, you know, the, the whole saying water, water everywhere, but not a drop to drink because it's all salt water. Yes. And I've always thought to myself, just get the salt out of the water and make it yes. good to drink. Like, uh-huh. How hard can it be? It's called desalination. And they do have desalination plants, but apparently, I don't, I, I don't know what the problem is. They're too expensive or something? They are frightfully expensive. Front, yeah, yeah, yeah. Frightfully expensive. Um, but still, this It takes a lot of energy. So you're using enormous amounts of electricity and so forth to run a desal plant. That's what, I'm, that's what I was guessing. I'm like, that must be the problem, the money to run the thing. Um, but get this, science, they've just published uh, a study. Uh, so scientists have been trying to figure this out, how to de- desalinate without the expense. And they say that we may soon be able to use ultra-thin slices of wood to safely um, desalinate, uh, clean and, 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 and to be able to drink salt water. That's cool. A thin piece of wood. This That's whole cool. time, it was a thin piece of it was wood. Just, just wood. Just get some <laughs> that wood. That was the answer. The whole time. Run, run the water through the wood. So this is solved. crazy. Um, I can't believe it. Uh, because yeah, because apparently, uh, it you know it takes massive, like you said, massive amount of energy to boil water for long periods of time, which is the traditional filtration method um, used to to get the salt and the junk out of water. But apparently these scientists were inspired by the intricate system of water circulating in a tree. Mm. So they went to nature to learn how to do it. Um, So this is a team of researchers from Princeton University. Uh, So what they do is they use these thin slices of wood as a membrane through which the water vapor can evaporate. Evaporate. So I'm about to get all sciencey. It's not too hard, but uh, yeah, just see if you can follow along. Um, so the filtration method works by gently heating one side of the wood, uh, which is measuring in at about 500 <coughs> micrometers thick. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I think I need some of this desalinated water right now. 500 micrometers. Why couldn't they give us a measurement that was closer to a millimetre? Look, these like are scientists. Half a millimetre. They don't have to answer or... to you, like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so they gently heat. Oh, man, my throat has just gone bananas. <coughs> do you want me to share? Do you want me to share? Uh, no, it's fine. Okay. <clears throat> Is it fine, though? Man, what did I eat? Nothing. Anyway, so just, yeah. just croak to us. Okay, we don't I'm just, just going to get all croaky on you. Um, so they gently heat one side of the wood uh, so that the water is driven to evaporate to the colder side of the wood and leaves behind the salt and other contaminants. So how Not long? That does, hard, right? Yeah, Even okay, but how long that. does the piece of wood last? Because wouldn't the wood just get you know completely encrusted by salt and you can't use it anymore? Okay, so, wo- so you've got to use lots and lots and lots of wood and just be slicing off wood until there's none less. Still the cheaper, still cheaper than than using all the energy to heat up the water. Or is there a way of cleaning the piece of wood and just using it over and over and over and over again? We're gonna find out. Um, so most membranes that use to distill fresh water from salt water are made of polymers, which derive from fossil fuels and are also difficult to recycle. However, the wood membrane is a more sustainable material and according to the researchers, has a very high porosity. So it's very porous. Yes. Um, Using big words this morning, Mon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't mess with me today. Uh, so that promotes water vapour transport and prevents heat loss. Um, so the, the, this was actually published in the, in the journal Science Advances. So the researchers demonstrate uh, that the um, these new membranes that they designed performs 20% better than commercial membranes in water distillation tests. So collectively, the wood membrane method filtered 20 litres of water per square metre. Uh, but the team believes they can actually improve this system with just some additional experimentation. Um, and they said, if you think of traditional water filtration, you need very high pressure pumping to squeeze the water through. So it takes a lot of energy. This is Jason Wren. He's one of the scientists. This is 
This is more energy efficient and it doesn't use fossil fuel-based materials like many other membranes for water filtration. I'm really excited about this. And it's just a piece of wood. And it's just a piece of wood. Grow it in your backyard. Yeah, and do you know what? And even if it can only do like, what, 20 rounds and then it's encrusted and needs to be chucked and it can't be cleaned or whatever, it's still, like, I mean, that's still more use gotten out of it than the toothpick because people use a toothpick once and chuck it, right? Mm-hmm. Is yeah. true? Or yeah. a paddle pop stick? Yeah, that's it. Paddle pop. Yeah, exactly. There's so many better ways we could use this wood now. I mean, there is a better way we could use all these woods now is what I meant. No, that's very cool. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, very cool indeed. Lyle, one story that has been reminding me of you. This is so funny. This is you to a T. This is also in Canada. Three stories this week so far out of Canada. So an amusing bureaucratic debate has arisen in Canada after a... uh, uh, there's several community members uh, in Ontario who've fallen down and gotten injured um, on the rocky Tom Riley Park path. So Tom Riley Park has a rocky path into it. And uh, the local citizens contacted the city for a price estimate for a staircase, right, to get okay. into the park. Uh-huh. And to their dismay, the city said that eight steps would cost taxpayers anywhere from 65000 to $150,000. Can I have the contract, please? Do you know what happened? Please pick me. Pick a me. retired mechanic who lived around the corner went to stuff that, grabbed himself a hammer and some wood, and for 550 bucks built his own staircase. <laughs> <laughs> That's $550. And he apparently hired a homeless man to assist him. <laughs> <laughs> Did something good for the community while he was at it. I love this yeah. story. That's an awesome yeah. story. That's the best. And within just a matter of hours, they just thrown up eight steps. Yeah, and that was it. I mean, now it's causing a huge amount of controversy because they're saying it has no foundation and the incline is uneven and these steps don't, you know, pass our laws and blah, blah, blah. But the community is rallying around this guy saying, no, these steps stay.
Beaten with Breathe uh, here on Faith FM. We're about to have another clue for our quiz. Second clue of the day. Yes. I'm right, the correct answer down now. What creature am I? Lyle is correct. Uh, but the second clue is this. This creature was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. Who might that be? What the might that be? Ah, what? So, sorry, that was a clue in and of itself. <laughs> what might that be? <laughs> Give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. You can text 0491-064-669. Okay, so I have, so I, I have a good news story this morning, Mom. Oh, do share, do yeah, share. We are about to be rid of Monica. Excuse me? <laughs> I'll decide when you're rid of Monica. Thank you very much. And guess how we're going to get rid of Monica? <laughs> I'm scared. An asteroid. Oh, an asteroid. Monica is going to get hit by an asteroid. Well, hey, if I had to go out, why not buy an asteroid? <laughs> <laughs> go out with style, right? Yeah, okay, so there's a big old asteroid that's been circling the Earth for, um, like, ever. And uh, let me just see if I can find the size of this thing here. I love, I love this because... It's 370 metres across. That's a big one. That's a, yeah, he's a big fatty, isn't he? That's a big one. When you consider that... An asteroid the size of a pea mm-hmm. will make a crater that's you know more than a meter across in uh, in solid dirt. You know when you get one that's three hundred and seventy meters across, that's going to be a pretty big impact. It's going to be a very very big impact if it hits the Earth. It's been circling around there forever, and scientists have been very keen to um, to look at it, to observe it, and of course to try and calculate uh, when it might, when and where it might hit planet Earth. And they have come up with. Uh, let me think. Let me just find my details here. You, are they suggesting that it could actually wipe out the whole of the planet if it collides? No, it's just okay. going to wipe out Monica. Okay. Because it's going to hit off the coast of Santa Monica. Yeah, I knew this was going somewhere. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. And of course, the first calculation was that it would hit in 2029 with a three percent chance. Now, of course, to hit planet Earth, it has to go through what's called the keyhole. So when you are entering Earth's orbit, you have to enter the orbit in such a way that you'll actually get sucked into uh, into the Earth and land. And so when astronauts and, and you know spaceships and so forth are coming back to Earth, they have to fly through one of these through a certain uh, trajectory 
to be able to actually break through into the Earth's atmosphere. And they calculate that all up on computers and, and, and control how that takes place. Of course, an asteroid is not a controlled object, and so it actually has to hit this particular uh, keyhole, as they call it. Um, and so they calculated in 2008, I think it was, that there was a 3% chance that it would hit this keyhole that was 1,000 kilometres wide. So there's a decent-sized keyhole. Big keyhole. Yes, and of course, it. Uh, they also calculated that it would hit off the coast of Santa Monica, and when and if it does, it will create a hole in the ocean four kilometers deep and four kilometers wide. Wow! Now, of course, that hole in the ocean will immediately fill itself back up again. Yeah, of course. And what that creates is a sloshing effect. Mm-hmm. which would wipe out Santa Monica. It would suck all of Santa Monica out to sea and then push it back into the coast and then suck it out to sea and push it back into the coast again until there's pretty much nothing left. So all of Santa Monica residents <clears throat> right now are packing their bags and moving? Well, if it hits the keyhole, mm-hmm. then they've got seven years. Seven years to get it together. Yes, if you want some cheap real estate, <laughs> just wait until it hits that keyhole and then you've got seven years to uh, enjoy cheap real estate in Santa Monica. I thought you said this was a good news story, Lyle. Well, no, it's actually not good news. Well, it's kind of good news. Okay, <laughs> let, me share the, let me share the good news. That was 2008. Moved down to 2014 and they calculated that rather than a 3% chance of hitting planet Earth, it was 1 in 40,000. And moved down to 2019, and they've said it's one in 150,000, and the keyhole is actually only 500 metres across. Oh, okay. So it's almost just slightly bigger than the actual asteroid itself. itself. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they calculated 2029, then they calculated 2036, and now they're calculating 2068. Wow. So, yeah, the uh, the chances of it hitting have reduced somewhat. I wonder if people who are, like, shopping for houses in Santa Monica or in, in the whole California region are like, oh, let's not, let's not buy in Santa Monica because, you know, the asteroid. <laughs> I wonder if that's, like, on the footnotes. But didn't, didn't I know some good news related to this? Okay. Because whenever I hear about these disasters, you know, especially the asteroid one, you know, Earth is going to get struck by an asteroid, but we're going to get wiped out, you know, mass extinction, there goes the planet... That's when I think to myself, I'm so glad I'm a Christian. Absolutely. And I have a Bible that I've read and I know exactly how the world's going to end. It's not going to end with an asteroid. And it's not going to end with an asteroid, so Mm-mm. I don't even need to be worried about that. And even if a smaller asteroid hits and does create another natural disaster like, like a tsunami or you know, a forest fire or an earthquake or whatever, I still have the hope of salvation and I still have the hope of seeing Jesus again. So even if I die suddenly from some crazy natural disaster like an asteroid hitting Santa Monica, I'm not worried. And that's yeah, the good news. Absolutely, that is very much because the good these news. these can be really stressful for like people who like believe in like you know evolution or, or atheists. Like, how can you not yeah, be like under an enormous wiped out amounts all of, the, of stress? Uh, dinosaurs or something rather than yeah. going to wipe out all the human beings. Like it's going to be like a back burner of stress in your mind. Like all the pots in your back burner are just going to be like stress. Like oh, what about this? Oh, what about that? Oh, what about this? Do you know what? Mm-hmm. With Jesus, you don't even need a pot in that back no, burner. We know what the end is. That's it. We've, we've read the last chapter. It's good. Yeah, yeah. God it's wins. Great. Mm-hmm. God wins. Okay, so um, in more positively good news this morning, we have uh, the Good Grub Club. Sound like something you might be interested in, Mon? I mean, is this a dining club or a gardening club? (laughs) 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 Okay, this is put together by Anglicare in South Queensland, and rather than handing out free food to uh, homeless people, uh, they are taking in homeless people and giving them a trade, teaching them how to cook and provide food. So they kind of they kind of provide food for each other. 
Oh, awesome. dude! I literally thought you actually meant this was going to be about worms and stuff. Nope, this is the Good Grub Club. <laughs> I love it. And uh, not only do they cater for homeless people, they cater at festivals and you know all these kind of things. And they basically what they're doing is they are particularly focusing on young people and giving them a trade and training them in that is amazing in the hospitality industry. Yeah. And so yeah, rather than giving them the food, they're giving them the training. Skills. Rather than giving them the fish, they're giving them the fishing skills. Rod. Yeah, that's yeah, the great. fishing rod because you can always get a job in hospo. Yeah, hospo absolutely, and it's been. Transforming some people's lives. Oh, it's, of course. It's, uh, it's it's been really quite remarkable, um, and of course the 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 process is you get a job first, then you get accommodation, and then you go back to school because um, they're particularly focusing on, on young people. They work in the they have the food van and they work in there with a one to three ratio, so one person who is um, qualified and three homeless people helping. Mm. Um, and of course, here in Australia, we have. 117,000 homeless people. Really? Yes. Oh, man. And 42% of those, this surprised me, 42% of homeless people are under the age of 25. Are you serious? I was about to say, it better not be young people. It's young people. Because often, you you know, I I sort of have this stereotype of uh, homeless people who are sort of in their... 40s and 50s -hmm. and 60s who Mm -hmm. have come on hard times and so they've moved out onto the street as kind of like their last option. But, uh, or, you know, they've got mental illness, their parents have passed away, whatever, nobody looking after them anymore and so Mm -hmm. this is where they end up. But no, a lot of them are victims of circumstances. Uh, They're young people. One of the examples right here was of a young lad um, and his sister, um, single mother. Mm -hmm. She was sent to jail. Uh, so and left with the stepfather um, who abandoned them. Um, so then when they went to the grandmother, they decided the lifestyle with the grandmother was just a bit too intense. And so at the age of 12, they left home. Oh, wow. And of course, you know, when you're homeless, you're not at school or anything like that. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it was able to, you know, they were able to, um, yeah, be taken in. They're now 16 years old. They have their own apartment that they're sharing together. They're back at school. They have a job. Their life has been completely transformed because they have been taught to actually do something really practical with their lives. And, you know, they've given, been, been given that whole sense of, you know, accomplishment that you get when you are making your own way in life. You know, I, I know it might sound crazy, but I think it might actually be a good thing that so many homeless people are young because it means there's a lot of opportunity to fix it. They've got the whole life ahead of them. That is the glass half full right there. Yeah, yeah. they got the, the whole life ahead of them. They're ready to learn. That, you know, they can, they can change their lives within like a month. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and this is great. With a bit of help like people like this, this is a really wonderful institute. I, I love this. This is great. Let's Good see more that. of it. Anyway, yes. one last quick story. There's been a rise in clinics providing solutions for parents of gamers. Um, psychologists specializing in internet addiction have seen their business doubling every year mm. for the last five years, particularly with parents looking for solutions uh, for going from screen to green time. Oh, wow. So we need to have uh, a lot more green time in our lives and particularly in the lives of our children. If you have kids, make sure they get plenty of green time and much more green time than screen time today. You don't want to end up at the shrink. And if you're not sure, go online and research, you know, put in the symptoms. Does your kid have an addiction? You might be surprised how little it takes to have a screen addiction.
Welcome back, everybody. This is Faith FM. We've come to the special interview part of our day, and it is my very special pleasure this morning to bring to you an interview that I was able to record last week um, and was hoping to play last week, but uh, wasn't able to, and so here it is. Joining me here today is Enid Webster, along with her daughter-in-law, Ruth Webster. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Now, um, this is a story that I've been chasing for a couple of days, and I first read about it, I read about your story, Enid, in the newspaper, front page coverage, congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. Um, But I want to begin, if I'm allowed to, by asking a bit of a rude question. Would you mind sharing with our listeners your age? I'm 98 years old. Okay, so Enid Webster is 98 years old. And you're going to be doing something fairly significant in the very near future. And what is that? Walking from city to surf. Fun run. I'm just walking, though. Okay, I think we can allow you to walk this one at 98 years old. Now, I have to say that that is um, definitely an inspiration. And, um, yeah, I'm just wondering, I want to hear a little bit of the story as how you came to be doing the City to Surf at 98. Can you share that story with us? Well, it dates back quite a few years because... um, I was, oh, take back to 1912, I suppose. I did, went to a program that's called CHIP, Complete Health Improvement Program, and uh, it's quite a good lifestyle change. I lost the extra weight that I had. I must say that you're looking very slim. And uh, started doing uh, 10,000 steps a day on a regular basis. And my neighbour across the way saw me walking a fair bit and he said, I'm needing a partner for the city to surf and um, I'm just wondering if you'll come. And I said, well, I don't know anything about it. It's a 14-kilometre distance, and uh, I've never done anything like that before, but maybe I can. Okay, so this was, what, uh, 2012, so about seven years ago, is that right? Yeah, uh, it was, yes, no, it'd be 40. It was 12 when I did the program, but this is uh, 2014. Yes, so... Did the first walk. Okay. So the first time that you... So you've already done the City to Surf a few times. Four times. You've done it four times already, and you would have been well in your 90s the first time you did that. That's right. Um, Were you the oldest person doing the City to Surf that year? No, I don't think so. Will you be the oldest person doing it this year? I think probably the oldest woman. I did... There was a man that did 98... uh, three, four years ago, but I don't know. 
Possibly. Possib- possibly the oldest person this year and possibly the oldest woman ever to do the City to Surf. Possibly. Um, that's, definitely, um, that's definitely inspiring. Now I'm here with some of your support team. I understand you've got a, a, some support team that is coming uh, with you? Yes, there'll be eight of the family that will be going. Okay, and uh, Ruth, your daughter-in-law, she's here with us right now. Ruth, I'm just wondering um, whether I can ask you, what kind, of, what kind of support will you be able to provide on City to Surf when, when this happens? Mainly our support is just being there with Mum. Um, there will be some who will be walking with her, um, some who will be running and waiting at the end to cheer her as she comes to the finish line. Mm-hmm. And we have all the generations walking, so there will be four of her children. Four okay. of her five children will be there. She will have grandchildren and she will have great-grandchildren who are also participating this year. Fantastic. The whole, All the generations <laughs> within the family will be That's out there. Right. So this will be a family <laughs> event. Um, has the family, has the whole family always gone, gone with you on the City to Surf? Uh Sometimes there's been more. There was 21 year, and but they don't. We don't all go together. Probably just one or two uh, with me, but the other, well, quite a number of them run, and uh, but we all meet together at the end and have photos taken and have a meal together. Absolutely. I think that's a fantastic idea. That's amazing. Now, I'm, I'm kind of assuming you might not be the first over the line. Um, <laughs> whereabouts, whereabouts in the pack do you usually come? I really don't know. But looking back, when I get over the cross that line, looking back, there's still a few thousand people still on their way. Okay, so you're in your you're in your late nineties, and you're able to get across that line ahead of a few thousand other people. I think that uh, I think you should be absolutely congratulated on that. And how does it feel? How does it feel to to, to go across the finish line? Oh, it feels wonderful. Uh-huh. Everybody, <laughs> you just feel so excited that you've really done it. Something is a significant accomplishment right there. Um, do you feel like sitting down? Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine so. Now, Ruth, will you be walking this year with uh, your mother-in-law or will you be uh, running in the, in, in the race? I won't be running, but I probably won't be one of the ones that's actually walking with mum. Yep. If we put too many people with her, it puts a bit of pressure. Okay. Um, so so two, two, we'll keep two a few people there, um, but I will be walking. Uh-huh. But... I'll be one of the cheer squad at the end, waiting Absolutely. for her to cross Absolutely. that finish line. <laughs> okay, now I understand that um, you had a bit of a major operation this last year. Yes. Are we allowed to talk about that? Oh, yeah. Yes, I had a new valve put in my heart, aortic valve, in February this year. Okay, so that was... Uh yeah, about uh, five to six months ago. That's right. And you're feeling fit and healthy and hearty and hale to get out there and do the city surf? I'm feeling very well now. Um, your, your, your power of healing and bounce back um, <laughs> is probably just as big an inspiration as the fact that you go in city to surf. Now, I have to ask this question. How much training and what kind of training do you do in preparation for city to surf? Uh, well, 
I haven't actually done the 14K, but I've, I regularly do 10,000 steps a day, but uh, the last few weeks I've done about half the distance, I suppose, on a regular basis. But come Sunday, this coming Sunday, I'll be trying the full distance and the following week is the day. The following day. week is the day. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. And you'll have you'll have some support this coming Sunday for the practice uh, practice run. True. I I may or I may go on my own. I'm okay. not sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, so, all right. Okay. So we have to we have to ask the um, the obvious question then. What is the secret to your health and longevity? And vitality. You've already talked about the chip program, but have you? Has healthy living been a part of your life uh, for longer than just having done the chip program? Yes, I've been a vegetarian most of my life, and after the chip program, I went on to more of a, a vegan diet, and uh, but exercise and the right kind of um, food and keeping myself busy with various uh, gardening, craft work and uh, I just all around general. Yes, your son's here in the background. He says that you enjoy jigsaw puzzles, is that right? Yes, <laughs> I usually have a jigsaw out on the table. <laughs> right. Well, you must have just completed one because there's nothing on the table here today. But... Oh, no, it's out on the table. Oh, okay, room. okay. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. Well, we enjoy jigsaw puzzles as well, so um, that's a good thing. They say that it's good for keeping the mind sharp. But Now, you mentioned that you have been a vegetarian for many years and basically a vegan um, since you did the chip program, mm. a lot of people say that it is, um, you know, it's just too hard to change when you get old, but you obviously um, embrace or embraced change um, in relationship to your diet there. Well, it wasn't much different really because I just, from vegetarian to vegan, is not a great thing big step really sure and, and 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 you said you've been a vegetarian for many years um how many years oh well since i was what 10 okay <laughs> all right yeah that's a, that's a lot of years <laughs> yeah okay so here we have i'm um, um, just if you're just tuning in i'm with um enid webster and uh, her daughter-in-law ruth webster Enid webster is 98 years old and going out for what is the fourth or the fifth time in the um city to surf fifth time in the city to surf um been a vegetarian since she was 10 years old um so we have possibly uh the oldest competitor ever a woman competitor ever in city to surf and she is a uh, vegan vegetarian so um, that that says something about um, about good eating and good health let me ask you a, a more serious question um, what about spirituality are you a spiritual person yes and does that do you believe that that plays a role in your health oh very definitely I remember the first time that I 
did the city to surf when I we were only about halfway and uh, I was feeling tired I said Lord just help me I've got to get to the end and definitely I rely on the Lord to help me through the distance absolutely and I imagine that uh, Ruth you'll be um, praying for your uh your mother-in-law, the family, will will keep her in her prayers as she goes through the race. We certainly will. Yeah, fantastic. And uh, Enid, let me ask another question, just along those lines. How long have you been a Christian for? Oh, you might say all my life. I was baptized at eleven, at twelve, and I Seventh Day Adventist Church. And although we lived quite a distance away I used to bike into church 16 miles well there you go at 11 years old (laughs) so 11 years old that was see this is how it's done back in the day you know (laughs) jump on your bike go to church it's only 16 miles away what's that 20 some kilometers Um, and uh, yeah young people these days they just don't know that they're alive do they no it's a different world yeah (laughs) Well, you've obviously been a fit and a healthy person um, for a very, very long time, and it shows. And uh, we just want to congratulate you for the last four City to Surfs that you've been in and uh, for going in City to Surf um, again this year. How many years do you plan to be doing City to Surf? I think I better not answer that one. (laughs) (laughs) Leave that one in the Lord's hands? (laughs) Because... Last year, it was going to be my last, but I ended up in hospital, so I missed out last year. All right. So this is last year's replacement. Okay, so this is last year's replacement. So it may be the last one, but... (laughs) Maybe. uh, Maybe, yeah, you never know. You never know. If you you get to this time next year and you're still, still feeling fit and healthy... Um, it would be great to uh, to set some new records in City to Surf. Uh, we're going to have to move on with the show. We've, we're out of time, but uh, Enid and Ruth, it has been fantastic having you on the show today. Thank you. That was Enid and Ruth Webster as they prepare for City to Surf and Enid at the age of 98. You're listening to Faith FM. Never more, never more, they no pain. 
These are they that stood the test Of dig garments, pure and spotless The redeemed, the pure and blessed to Faith FM, Positively Different Radio. Happy Hearts is a free community craft program for kids aged 1 to 5, designed to encourage growth and creativity through Bible stories. Join us each Tuesday during the school term from 9.30 till 11am at the Senior Citizens Hall, 401 Warburton Highway, Wandon North. For more information or to register, go to happyhandsart.com.au forward slash happyhearts or contact Patricia on 0425 854 516. That's 0425 854 516. Happy Hearts. Free fun for kids and the mess stays with us. Side. 